Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored, a podcast for all the real mamas out there going through all the mama struggles, dealing with faith, family, finance, future, and so much. Let's get into this episode. I am here. I am still very pregnant and trust me doing all of the things to naturally get things moving and started. So today I want to talk all about parenting because this is a mom podcast. I am a mom of three. I hope by the time I release this episode, I'm releasing it and I'm in labor, but we'll see. Only God knows when this baby is coming. If you've ever been pregnant, you know the third trimester, especially those last couple weeks, are the hardest. They're hard because, one, I've talked about before, I'm nesting, but then I have toddler. I have a toddler, and so it's like I'm cleaning all day every day, and he's destroying all day every day. And I just want the house to be set so that when labor starts, bada boom, bada bang, I can just do my labor routine and then... um, go have a baby and not being like trying to do dishes during labor or something like that. So I've been like kind of on top of the house just so that it's like less chaos. Um, so Ethan's in the office tomorrow and the next day. And so it's actually not ideal for me to go into labor either of those days, but he only works like 25 minutes away. And so I'm not concerned. Like if, if I were to think things were happening and if I, you know, start timing contractions and it's been about like two hours I'll probably have him come home um as in like two hours or with consistent contractions or if I'm showing any of my labor signs I'll have him come home but I wanted to of course talk about well before I talk about parenting and stuff I I was thinking about how Like, God knows when this baby is coming. God knows the day, the time, the hour, the method that this baby is coming. And it's so frustrating when you don't know. And I think that one of the most human things about me and about us is that we like to plan and prepare, but there are some things in life you can't plan or prepare for. And so... um, That's where faith and trusting God really comes into play. I have to trust God that this baby is going to come. He's going to come healthy. I'm going to have a great labor experience and delivery experience um, with minimal or no interventions. And the rest is in God's hands. I saw this really good TikTok and I'll have to go back and find it. I'll, I'll post it on my story on Thursday, but I saw this really good TikTok And it was like how, you know, instead of waiting for God to open a door, sometimes we try to go through a window to get to our next season or wherever we want to go. And we, we end up making it harder for ourselves doing it that way instead of doing things in God's timing. And I thought like, wow, that's really true. Now, I don't think there's any harm in me curb walking, lunging, squatting doing what I need to do with Ethan to start labor. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but ultimately I could do all of these things and nothing works. Um, it really is in God's hands. I'm so breathy. I don't know why I'm so breathy, but, um, so I'm trying to have peace 
And I will tell you that it is such a hard thing to do because one moment, like right now, I feel good. I've taken a shower, went for a walk, I got outside. And so my serotonin levels are pretty high. I feel good. I'm not hurting too much, like discomfort wise now in the evenings and at night is when I start to really hurt. That's when I'm crying and I'm going, when is this baby coming? He's never going to come. And I start crying and I start worrying about like, I don't want them to, you know, come next week. Like you're going to have an induction um, and because that would stress me out. And I know plenty of people who have inductions. Again, Elliot was a, a an induction, but my water broke. I, I'm all about the natural birth mama life. And so anyway, I'm trying to let go and let God. And that's probably the hardest thing and hardest lesson in life. So moving on to talk about parenting. So it's interesting because Ethan and I are very different parents in terms of like discipline and parenting style. I am an attachment-based parent, um, emotionally led, but most of the time gentle, not all the time gentle. Um, And he's a little more harsh. So he feels like I baby the kids a lot of the times where, you know, Elliot gets frustrated or upset. I am all about like, okay, I'm validating your feelings. You are so frustrated right now or, you know, whatever the situation is. Whereas he is like, no, they need to get over it and do whatever X, Y, and Z is. And so it's definitely hard because you want your child to have two skills. Um, The first skill is like, or the first thing is being emotionally intelligent, like being emotionally aware, understanding, like for me, I understand that when I'm stressed out or something doesn't go my way or I'm having a bad day or whatever it is, I know who I am. I am going to cry about it. and I'm going to be mad about it for 24 hours and then I'm going to be a gangster and then I'm going to, I'm going to boss up and I'm going to deal with whatever this, the thing is that I have to deal with. Did that I understand that about myself. Mia understands when she gets upset, she's like, and I'll be like, come talk to me. Or Ethan will be like, come talk to me. She says, no, I need a minute. And she's aware enough to know she needs a minute. And so she will sit down, she'll cry, she'll be frustrated, she'll go to her room, she'll do whatever she needs to do to have her minute. And then she'll tell us what's wrong or, you know, she'll be like, that made me mad or she'll be ready to move on from whatever. So you want your child to be emotionally intelligent um, in that aspect. But at the same time, you need them to be able to survive in the world that we live in. And so it's hard because it's like at the end of the day, I could not really operate in the world crying over every single thing and when I was growing up this is kind of a derogatory term but I was a a crybaby people called me a crybaby I cried about everything my emotions very very sensitive child and 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 Mia has some of that in her as well now I I outgrew it and so I do feel like and I even outgrew my shyness I do feel like um with kids and their younger personalities like it's not always an indication of who they're going to be. So it's just this hard balance, right? So I always feel like he's being too hard. He always feels like I'm being too soft, which probably means that our kids are going to average out fine because they're getting both sides of the spectrum. But it is kind of um, like annoying to, and like hard to figure out, like, am I parenting correctly? And of course, there's no right or wrong way to parent, but... 
I mean, there is some wrong ways to parent, but in terms of parenting styles, we evolve and we change. Um, something else I wanted to mention is another TikTok that I saw. Now, the TikTok was saying like how a lot of times we feel like, oh my gosh, it's so scary to be a parent right now. Um, I don't, I'm scared to have children right now. We, and it is, it's a very scary age to raise kids, to have kids um, with all of the scary things that can happen in the world. Um, I'm hyper alert and aware when I'm with my kids and I'm out with my kids and it's hard because I don't want to be a helicopter mom, but I'll give you an example. So um, last week I went to the park with my friend and her kids and we it was a gorgeous day outside and but it was like later in the evening it was like 6 6 30 so it was like later in the evening for for us because you know we have little kids so they got to eat they got to get in the bath they got to go to bed but um we're at the park and our kids are the only ones playing on the playground and this playground's a big kid playground elliot's two years old and he's fearless mia is four years old and she's cautious and so elliot is climbing all over going down the highest slides he and typically, like, I will follow him up onto the playground equipment because, you know, like him trying to go down a slide, he's probably going to be fine. But sometimes they have like those like climbing stairs or stones and there's like holes he could fall through and like break his arm. And so, but I kind of hung back because I was watching him climb through the playground and do it safely like he wasn't trying to jump through any of the holes he was just climbing up walking around going down the slide and of course my eye was on him in case he decided to do something reckless but I had kind of relaxed and let go and I felt like okay that's a good parenting thing Britt like you're normally helicopter um me and my friend were the only ones on the playground and so we're hanging out and then I, I noticed that like after like 30 minutes of us playing, a dad came over with his two kids and they started playing. So then my whole approach to the playground changed because now there's not just my kids and my friend's kids who like I like <laughs> if you're like me, I only like me and my friend's kids. I don't. <laughs> I mean, not that I don't like other kids, because like Mia's friends at school, if we were to do a play date or something, I've seen all of the kids in her class. I feel like they're fine. I feel like all the parents are chill. So I wouldn't be like this. But like with strangers, I'm like, what is your kid doing? In fact, when we first got to the playground, we went to the baby side and um, it's a really big park. So they have like a little toddler playground and then they have a bigger kid playground and then they have a climbing area and then they have baseball fields. It's just like it's a really nice park. Um, so when we first got to the park, we were at the baby area and, um, this one little kid was trying to tell Elliot, no, he couldn't climb in the tunnel. And I was like, do not tell my kid he cannot climb in the tunnel. You don't own this tunnel. And so I'm walking over like, no, Elliot, go, you can go in the tunnel. I don't know who this other child is. And I'm looking at the mom, like, I'm going to tell my kid to go. Um, and she's looking at me like you're very pregnant. And I'm like, I will still knock knock somebody out if I have to, but I've never done that before. Actually, I'm a very nonviolent person. But anyway, um, and so then we decide to go to the big playground, yada, yada, yada. We were the only ones on the big playground for like 30, 45 minutes. Kids are playing. Dad comes over with his kids. Now, up until this point, 
as long as I could kind of see Elliot and I could kind of see Mia, I knew where they were on the playground. I wasn't following them. Like they were fine. They were playing. I didn't need to interfere. They were exploring. I didn't need to interfere. They were climbing and sliding. I didn't need to interfere. As soon as dad comes onto the playground, I am now in the mode where it's like, we had free range of this playground. I need us to condense because now I need my eyes to have to be locked on both of you at the same time because I don't know this dad. I don't know if he is a dad. I don't know if these are his kids or did he kidnap these kids? I don't know anything. And so I'm very much like, um, try to let my kids like not be afraid and be free as long as they're doing things safely. It's fine. I heard something one time, like, don't interfere when your kids are doing dangerous things carefully. And so Elliot climbing on this big kid playground was kind of dangerous. Kids get hurt at playgrounds all the time, but he was doing it carefully. So I wasn't going to stop him. But once this dad came, I was like, okay, now Mia and Elliot, you need to be in the same section so I can see both of you. Not because I don't trust you guys. I just don't trust anybody else. And so, yeah. Um, but I saw this TikTok. Anyway, long roundabout story. I saw this TikTok and she was saying like, we, and this resonated with me because I do believe that every single mom, every single dad, every single kid is paired with their parent before they're born. <laughs> I believe that we are chosen to be our kids' parents. Um, I was meant to mother my Mia. I was meant to mother Elliot. I was meant to mother this baby. My mom was meant to be my mom. For my life and my story, for her life and her story, we were put together to go through the lessons of life. I believe that. I believe God. It's not like... <laughs> Just because you know how it is, like how you get pregnant and like the X chromosome, the Y chromosome. Now, God knew which one was going to be which and who was going to be who. And so he knew Brittany was going to mom Mia. And that even though my mom's a great mom, she's meant to be Mia's grandma, not Mia's mom. I was meant to be Mia's mom. All of this to say that a lot of times when it comes to like having kids these days, things are different. Like when I was growing up, I was playing outside. I'm a 90s kid, right? So I was playing outside. I was um, riding my bike. I was doing all these things that kids don't do as much or as independently as we, as we did growing up. Um, but not only are we meant to be our kids' parents, our kids are meant to live through this time. And so some people are like, I'm just, oh, I hate that I brought this kid into this world. I don't hate that I brought my kids into this world. I hate the world for sure. The world is messed up. The world is is not great. There's a lot of things that need change and action in this world. But my kids were meant to grow up during this time. They weren't meant to grow up in 1978. They were meant to grow up in 2023. And so when you think of it, it's like, no, they're meant to I need to encourage my kids and give my kids the confidence to live in this world and also like the safety tools, but also trust God that God placed this child and this time period in this day for a reason. And in 20 years, when my kids are in their 20s, they're going to be who they're supposed to be because they grew up at the time that they're growing up in, just like me as a millennial. 
I am a true millennial through and through. I'm going to be at Starbucks. I want my avocado toast. I um, <coughs> am not wearing flare jeans. I'm not doing it. I'm short. They don't look good on me. I'm wearing my skinny jeans. Like I am a millennial through and through. I am still really, really pregnant. And I really hate... I'm going to say this every episode until the baby's born. I The last three weeks of pregnancy from like 37 weeks on, I think are hard because technically at like 37 weeks, you're still early term, but baby could come safely. By 38 weeks, you know, baby can come. But by 39 weeks, that's where I'm at now. It's like, okay, come on out now. We don't need to go all the way to 40, do we? And I know I've seen moms who have been pregnant for like 41 weeks, 42 weeks. And honestly, I cannot even imagine being pregnant for like almost three more weeks. Um, It's really hard to sit here. And I think that part of my anxiety is that, and here's what I'll say, in another life, in another time, In another situation, I would have done things differently. The benefits of having a midwife and the benefits of having a home birth is that you have a lot more control of your birth. Now, not to say that you can't have a beautiful hospital birth. I've had two um, pretty great hospital births, but there is an element of um, threat that you don't necessarily feel at home, I believe. Um, now, of course, at home, there is like the scary feeling like if something goes wrong, like we're going to have to transport to a hospital and then being transported could feel really dramatic. I had a friend who did have a home birth and ended up still needing to take her baby to the hospital and he ended up having to be in the NICU for a week. Um, but she did have the birth that she wanted, just not like the immediate situation after like anything birth is so unpredictable and it's, um, the unpredictability that makes it really frustrating. And so I will tell you that every day this week, I've woken up and I thought, let me get things ready. So I spent the first half of this week literally nesting. Like I cleaned my linen closet. I cleaned my coat closet. I organized kids' bath toys. I vacuum like I just I was cleaning everything and I was like this can't be right I was finding new places for shoes I um repacked my hospital bag I went and bought headphones I like made sure that my hospital bag is in my car like I did all of these different little things right and now everything is done now the car seats are in the car I have a three-row SUV. So I have an SUV where it's like a midsize, I guess is what you would call it, because I, I don't think it's a compact, where, and I don't, I haven't been in other SUVs, so I don't know. Actually, I have. I originally wanted this Kia Sorento because I got in an Uber one time, and it was like the newest one, and it was really nice. And I was like, this is a Kia? And I was like really into it. Nothing wrong with Kias. I'm not trying to shame anyone who has one. I just was like surprised because I never owned one. Um honestly, uh, me and Ethan kind of stick to certain types of cars in our house. It's just like what we like to do. But I, so my car is um, an SUV where I have a third row. So I have the front row, right? The front seat, like with the, the driver and the passenger. Then I have a middle row that has 
you know, a regular middle row. And then I have a third, an optional third row. So the third row is like folded into my trunk, but it does come up and I could use it. Now, obviously if I use that third row, my trunk space isn't as big, but there's still like some trunk space. Um, there are bigger, I feel like there's bigger SUVs and there's bigger, like I could have got a minivan if I wanted to have a third row, but honestly, the only time I've used that third row is like if I'm taking, like we went to Disney, my friends came with us, I was able to open up the third row so that they could ride with us in our car, things like that. Um, in my normal travel with me, Ethan, and my kids, I don't need a third row. So now having a third baby, I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to use the third row and put Mia all the way in the back because I had a friend who had the same car who also had three kids and she had to put her oldest in the back. And so I assumed that was what was going to happen with me. But by the grace of God, it didn't. I got Mia a new car seat. It's a booster. So she, she'll be five. So she's going to be in a car seat for a while. But it is a booster with a removable back. I think she still needs the back right now. She's not quite big enough just to have the base. Um, but that fits perfectly in the middle. Elliot fits on the driver's side. And the baby seat fits on the passenger side. All three fit in the third row. So that means my trunk space is perfect and we have a double stroller that takes up quite a bit of trunk space that if we were to have to use the third row I'm not sure the double would fit and so anyway I'm relieved um but long story short our cleaning lady came today um and I made dinner last night in the crock pot and so we have leftovers I made um this tiktok viral spaghetti in the crock pot and the kids like it. I really like it. And so tonight I don't have to cook dinner. I ordered Chick-fil-A for lunch to keep my house clean. And now I'm like, okay, this baby needs to come because the the thing that feels like a waste of money sometimes is like my cleaning lady will come and now my house is spotless, like absolutely gorgeous. Like the, every room is like perfectly vacuumed, tucked, tidied and neat. And then my kids so what happens is my cleaning lady comes, we hang out in the basement, she cleans the main level and upstairs, the bedrooms. So we come upstairs and we're in this beautiful house. And then my kids dump out toys. And it's a mess. And then they need snacks and they're making crumbs. And it's like all of these little things that kids are gonna do, right? And I have been picking up after them literally all week. So now that it's clean, I'm keeping the kids out of the house. Like, I'm not letting them in the house. Um, so it would be nice if the baby would come because then the kids would go to my mom's, I would have the baby, and I would come home at least for a day or two to a clean house before the kids just completely. I've admittedly never had my membrane swept, and I think I'm going to have them swept tomorrow. And... I'm scared. <laughs> Some people say it, it doesn't hurt that much. Some people say it really hurts. Um, there have been, so there's two things that happen. This is TMI. Like if you're not into birth, you might want to skip like five minutes. Be, and I probably won't even spend five minutes, but like skip ahead a little bit because I'm just going to tell you like what my births are normally like. So typically 
go ahead and skip five minutes if birth grosses you out. So with Mia, I lost my mucus plug at one o'clock in the morning. It was like one something in the morning. I lost some of it. Started having contractions. The next day at one o'clock, so like 12 hours later, my water broke. Went to the doctors. They sent me to the hospital. The next day I gave birth. So I was in labor for a long time. The next day I gave birth with Elliot. I lost my mucus plug and it was like a couple days, like two, I want to say roughly 48 hours I was in labor. So the other night I lost my mucus plug, right? There's still no baby today. And so I, and tip it my water always breaks. And so with Elliot, my water broke the day of my induction, like 30 minutes before I was supposed to leave, something crazy like that, an hour or 30 minutes before I was supposed to leave. And I was like, yes, he's coming. Um, and so now I'm kind of frustrated because like, then if it's like the trend is, you know, the birth's unpredictable. So I'm just waiting to see if anything happens. And I've been, squ- I've been doing everything to get this baby out. Um, and it's like, I'm not at my due date yet, but here's where, okay. So this is the part that's like, eh. So I was saying that in another life, I do a home birth because I feel like you have more control when you have a midwife. However, I was just weighing weighing pros and cons, looking at finances, like just just doing all the things and decided, let's go with my normal OBGYN. I'm comfortable there. I'm comfortable at this hospital. I haven't had any negative experiences, really. Let's go where I kind of know what's up. The scary thing is that with gestational diabetes. Now I've been diet controlled and my numbers have been very good. Um, I, and honestly, they've only gotten better this past week. When I tell you that when you have gestational diabetes, you're not supposed to be able to eat like certain carbs. And I remember last time, like I could barely have cauliflower rice pizza. I couldn't have any, um, I've been living off of brown rice a lot throughout this gestational diabetes period and just make, making it different ways, like making burrito bowls, making stir fry, making like just chicken and rice. Um, then if I didn't want rice, I would make like tostadas or I'd make like fajitas, low carb fajitas. So I was eating pretty well, but then I got to this point like a week ago where I'm like, I don't want to care anymore. And I went to the doctor's. And I told her, like, I'm going out this Saturday as, like, my last hoorah with my friends. And, um, well, actually, it's just my, mom, my one mom friend. And she was like, well, eat whatever you want. Um, your numbers have been really good. One higher reading won't hurt you. And I did. I went, we went to a Thai place, and I had white rice. And my numbers were still good. And that sounds like, ooh, no, white rice, white bread, things like that should not work. And so I've been in a place where I'll eat breakfast. And then my numbers are still low. And so I've been realizing this pregnancy, I trend lower to the point where, you know, Ethan's like, you need to eat more. You need to eat more. Um, but I'm hoping because my numbers have been good, when I go to the doctors tomorrow, we will schedule a 40-week doctor appointment and make a decision at that appointment. That's what I'm hoping for. Um I'm nervous that I'll go at my 39-week appointment, which is tomorrow, and they'll say, let's schedule an induction for next week, and next week's literally the most insane week of my life. I would have to schedule it for, like, Thursday um, in order for it to work, Um, 
but then I could still go into labor before then. And so anyway, it's the up in the air that's really driving me crazy. And then even though this is my third baby, there are times where I'm like, is this a contraction? Like, I know what a Braxton Hick is. I know what it is, and it sucks. I know that, like, contractions for me, what they feel like. And there's a lot of times I've been like, is this a contraction or not? And so I'm hoping that it has been, because that's what happened with Elliot was, like, I guess I just got more oblivious with each baby. Like I was contracting, went to see the doctor. They're like, you're contracting. And I was like, really? That's what that is. I thought it was a Braxton pick. And they're like, no, that's a real contraction. And then he came and he was born within like 12 hours um, of my water breaking. And so I low-key hope that these are contractions, but they're so irregular. And that's why I tell Ethan, like, he's like, in the office today and he's worried because he's away and I'm like look if anything becomes regular I'll call you if I have a contraction that's real right and then I have another one and then I have another one I'll call you but as far as I can tell I'll randomly have something and go hmm what is that and then I'll keep my going about my life but then again I'm also so busy that I feel like until it gets to be actually painful I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna know so anyway, that's enough about birth. Switching to a completely different topic is I want to talk about parenting children <laughs> and specifically setting boundaries. We live in a world today where we are the most emotionally intelligent, the most emotionally aware, the best communicators. Um... And we're gentle parents who just live in this world. But we still need to set boundaries with our kids. And I thought it was interesting because I saw something where um, a parent was like, well, I don't tell my kid no. And I was like, what? You don't tell your kid no. Um, and I saw things on TikTok like, don't tell your kid no. Um, instead, like redirect, like redirect. And I was like, Okay, so there are times in life where I think that it's fine to redirect your kid, right? If Elliot is at the playground and we're playing and he's about to go down the slide and he's a big boy. I think I talked about this. He's going up the big slides doing and he's going to do something that's a little bit too dangerous. I might say, hey, Elliot, why don't we try this instead? In, in, instead of telling him no, like I might point him to a slide or a swing, or something that's safer for him to do, instead of flat out saying, Elliot, no. And I do think there's times that that's effective, right? Now, if I, for instance, if Mia asks, mom, can I have dessert right now? And I say, no, we'll eat it later. I don't think that's bad. In fact, we did that yesterday. Yesterday, I crock-potted dinner, we had ice cream in the freezer, she wanted to eat ice cream, she was so excited for dessert. But I told her, listen, you're going to eat your dinner. We're going to wait a little bit and then we'll have dessert and then we'll do our, our nighttime routine, right? You're not eating dinner and immediately eating dessert because what you're going to do is you're not going to eat all your food because you don't want to be full. You're just going to pretend to eat so you can get to dessert. So I think there's times where you can like redirect your kid. And I think like, for instance, at the park, it's a good idea in safety situations, right? To redirect your kid instead of telling them no. 
because I know that having a toddler, Elliot, who is two and a half, if I tell him no, there are times where he will be like, okay, he'll look at me and he'll go on to do something else. And there are times where he'll fall out on the floor and have a tantrum. And so depending on the space, if it's a safety concern, if Elliot's climbing up high on something and I say no, and he falls out on the floor and starts rolling around being upset, now he might hurt himself. If I redirect, like, Ellie, look, 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 this is so much cooler. Let's try this. Or Ellie, look, let's do this instead. It's like a safety thing, right? Like, don't do that. Let's do this. Or if your kid's about to jump into the pool and they don't have on their life vest. By the way, puddle jumpers aren't safe. Just so you know. Um, I think you're supposed to, like, use a Coast Guard approved. I don't know if it's Coast Guard. Um. But I think it's like Coast Guard approved life vest. And I never had my kids have puddle jumpers. Um, Elliot will get his first life vest this year. Mia has had a life vest ever since she started playing in the water. Um, That's just a PSA. My other PSA is don't put your kids in a blue swimsuit. Go for the bright, bright, bright colors. I wouldn't even do a dull color. Um, And I'm about to do a side note on... Um, swim safety in a minute. But anyway, so boundaries do need to be set. And I think because your kid has to learn to listen to their teachers, right? They can't just tell their teachers no, or they can't just not listen to their teachers. You have to set boundaries and rules, I think. At least I think so. And I am somebody who, if you know me as a parent, I'm pretty lax. I, I mean, I'm helicopter, but I'm pretty, when it comes to like rules, if there's no harm in something, there's no harm in something. Mia one time took, we have like painter's tape. She took all this painter's tape and she's sticking every single piece of artwork she has to the walls, all over our living room, all over our dining room, all over the kitchen. There's tape on the floor. Now it's painter's tape. It's not going to mess up the wall. It came off so easily. She just wanted to do this. Ethan was about to stop her. And I was like, why? She's just playing and being creative. Like whatever, whatever. I'm not going to say no to that. Now, there was a time she started to color on the wall. And that I was like, no, you can't do that. Um, and I I am the type of parent who would let her. Like, in her room, if she wanted to have an area that she colored on the wall, I would let her. Just so you know, magic eraser is really magical for most things, not all things. Like, if you use a washable crayon and a magic eraser, don't worry. Okay, not telling you to let your kids draw on the walls, but before you panic that they've drawn on the wall, use a magic eraser. After that, I don't know how to help you. I'm not the best cleaner in the world, but I just think it's interesting that people don't tell their kids no ever or don't have boundaries, or it doesn't always have to be no. Like, hey, mom, can I sleep over grandma's this weekend? Not this time. She's busy. She has a meeting. Like, I'm not saying you can't ever sleep there. I'm just saying it can't happen this time. Um, another thing that we do as parents that I don't think we should do is we tell our kids maybe when we know that we're going to say no. (laughs) My mom did this to me and I've done this before. And it's something that I'm trying not to do anymore is if my kids are like, can we do X, Y, or Z, or can this situation happen? I'm going to be honest if it's going to be a no. Now, if it's a maybe, because it depends on like the timing of the day and how the day falls out, I'll say, 
maybe let's see what time we finish doing what XYZ and then we'll decide. But um, I think that maybe game is like something we parents do as like a cop out because we don't want to say no right away because you're going to get upset. Let's just like make it so it can't happen and then blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't think that's the best method either. So now this is a PSA about swim safety because it's on my mind. Um, and it is going to be 90 degrees tomorrow, at least where I'm at. And so my kids will be in the backyard in our baby pools. But as we get closer to Memorial Day, we know pools are going to open up. People are going to go to the beach. Um, I said this before, puddle jumpers are not recommended. I'm not going to tell you what you can or cannot do with your kid. But um, I think that accidental drownings are probably like accidental, you know, Drownings are probably really one of the most devastating things that we see happen every summer. And so if you can prevent that, um, as parents prevent that, um, same with like leaving your kids in the car. I've seen, I have seen um, multiple stories of that. Um, some that I think were intentional, like you intentionally left this child in the car. And some I can't believe are accidental um, just because... I will say that I have been ditzy before getting in and out of the car. What do I mean by that? My car is not a car that has a key. It's like push to start. And so like all the new cars are pushed to start, right? Like who has keys anymore? There's times I'll park the car. There was one time I parked the car and this is me pregnant. Got the kids out, got the that diaper bag out, came inside and realized like I had put the car in park, took everyone out of the car, but never turned the car off. Now, if you take the key, there is a key. It's just not like one that goes in the car, out of the car, like a certain distance. It will, the, the car inside will beep, but not outside. And so Ethan was like, is your car on? And I was like, oh yeah, it is. And I had to turn it off. Again, not so much of a big deal because I was home. My car was in my driveway. Um, we were literally just staring at it on our couch, but that's probably the most dangerous thing I've done in the car is like forgot to turn it off. Um, but a lot of newer cars also have sensors. So you don't forget something in the back seat. I think that this, I think when I um, think about situations of kids getting left in the car, it makes sense when it's not their normal caretaker that leaves them. Because if you're, we live in such a hustle bustle onto the next thing society that your mind is thinking of the next thing that you're not thinking, let me grab this kid. Now me, who every time I'm in the car has her kids in the car, would never forget them because it's just not like it's programmed. I will never forget them because I always have them. And so they're always on my mind. Um, but this is just a reminder, cars get hot. Um, you might need to start your car before putting your kids in the car. Their seatbelts are going to be hot. You know, all these things. There's all of these different things you can use to keep seats cooler. Um, all of that jazz. But in terms of water safety, see, this is what I hate. I feel like, like I'm out of breath and it's like, is this a contraction or am I just really pregnant? And it's normally, I'm just really pregnant. Um, in terms of water safety, this is just some tips and some things I saw that I'm just going to pass on in case you haven't seen it. One is do not put your kids in blue, um, blue, like green, anything that could be not easily spotted in the water. If you think about it, a lot of pool tiles are blue. Um, a lot of pool colors are blue. And so you would want your child, 
you know, in the event that, you know, something happens, them to be easily um, recognizable. So like reds and pinks, um, bright, bright colors, bright colors is what I would say. Um, stay away from the blue. I think it's okay to do a blue bathing suit in your backyard if you just have a kiddie pool. Um, so you will see Elliot on my Instagram playing in the sprinklers in a blue bathing suit. But you will not see Elliot at the pool in a blue bathing suit, but at a splash pad or um, somewhere where it's not like a body of water, you, I'll, you'll see him like in that color. So just stay away from that. The other thing is to teach your kids. And I thought this is more applicable for older kids because you know, my kids are still pretty little that my eyes are always on them at the pool, um, is to teach your kids to make sure you're paying attention to them, which I thought was interesting. Because a lot of times, like we sit down, we're watching our kids play, especially as they get older, a little bit more independent, and they, and they can swim. You you look away, you're chatting with a friend, um, you're having a margarita, you're um, scrolling on TikTok, and you're not really watching your kid. Um the look at me, mom, mom, watch me do this. It can be annoying, but it's a good safety thing because then your eyes are on your kid. Um, the One of the scariest things I think is that if another child or person is in distress in a pool, they normally bring down whoever is nearby with them. And so teaching your kid what to do in that kind of situation, I think is important. Um, we've all seen movies or we've all been at places where somebody is panicking in the water and they're grabbing onto whoever. And so even if you were to try to help this person, you would probably be drowning because they're climbing on top of you and trying to, you know, save themselves. And so in those situations, what do you do if your kid's with another kid um, and th that's going on? Um, again, watching your kids is important. And again, puddle jumpers aren't safe. Um, I know so many parents use them. So many parents love them. So many parents have them and will continue to have them, but they are not recommended. And so you can Google it yourself. If you're like, what? I've been using puddle jumpers for six years. I'm not saying that just because you use them, something will happen. I'm just saying that they're not the best and most advisable safety swim equipment. Life best is. Um, they do not put your kid in the proper position. Um, in the water is what it is about. So that's something to say about swim safety. Um, my kids are gonna hopefully start swim lessons. I'm not gonna have them start till the beginning of June, mostly because I'll be recovering from having a baby. And then, you know, hopefully by then I can kind of figure out how we do our swim lessons and things like that. But I really do advise everyone to sign their kids up for swim lessons. And because I think it's a good safety thing. So those are just my like water safety reminders. I know that like, um, that's just some things that you should know. Not everyone is aware. Also, just as a reminder, I know that sometimes during the summer and um, things like that, families will have, or parents will have their kids stay with family members. So whether that's like your in-laws, your parents, um, going over to someone's house for a week, just be mindful of the fact that um, other caretakers are just not always as aware as you are as a parent. And so I would just be careful with that and also give them those safety reminders um, as well. I think that when I've seen like tragedy and things happen around drowning or other things, um, kids being left in cars, it's, it's sometimes the parents, but a lot of the times it's like 
the grandparents or another caretaker. Um, just so if you're sending your kids with someone they're not normally with, just remind them of those safety tips and those concerns um, as well. I know that when my kids get a little bit bigger, they will definitely be spending days and days probably at like my mom's or, you know, my grandmother's and um, just reminding them of those safety tips, I think is important because you know, safety things change from like when they had kids and some of them haven't had, you know, I'm 30. So my mom hasn't, well, my mom actually has had kids, but not for 18, 19, 20 years. And so things definitely change. My sister um, is 19. So it's like, so just those are some good reminders in terms of that. Also, another public safety announcement is that Target <laughs> is dangerous. You cannot walk into Target without immediately at least spending $100. I went into Target for diapers and a sprinkler, okay? And I already knew the diapers were about 20 bucks. The sprinkler was about 25 I was like, okay, cool. Nope, I got distracted. I bought a candle. I bought all of the, the dollar spot at Target. It's not really a dollar. It's like 3 to $5, but it's popping, okay? So I was over there getting all my stuff for the kids it is 90 degrees well it's 85 degrees today and so we're gonna have an outdoor play day i'm so excited to be outside um baby boy oh updates so baby boy is not coming right now i mean things can change really quickly when it comes to having a kid but went to the doctors he is snug as a bug he's happy he is healthy he is not coming out. I'm only like two centimeters dilated. So it's like, oh my gosh. But like with their babies, things can kind of happen quickly. Um, so I'm not expecting him to come out. Now, by the time he, I have an episode posted next week, he will be here because they want to induce on Wednesday night if he's not here by then just because of gestational diabetes. Now, I'm completely diet control, completely healthy. They told me eat dinner. You have no food restrictions. Um, you're good to go come here eight o'clock Wednesday, call this number, make sure you're good to come in. And if you are, we will have a baby next, by the next time you listen to this episode, um, or he'll come naturally, which is what I'm really trying to do, but I'm done forcing it. I'm just going to enjoy the time I have left where it's just Mia and Elliot. And it's just, you know, the four, the four of us before our world completely changes. I know that when I was having El when I was pregnant with Elliot, that week leading up to his birth I did so many things with Mia just to have that like one-on-one -on -one time and so I'm going to be doing so many things with Mia and Elliot we're going to go to the aquarium we're going to go just because also I'm going to be kind of laid up for a minute so it's like let's get out and do as much as we can before I kind of in I'm in a rest zone now luckily they you know they have great grandparents they have great godparents that'll take them to go do stuff while I'm kind of like in newborn fourth trimester mode. But while I can, you know, let's go to the aquarium. Let's go to the science center. Let's go out to dinner. Mia asked me the other night, can we go out to dinner tonight? And I said, no, because um, Ethan was going to be home late. And I was like, no, I'm not taking you guys to a restaurant by myself, but I might take them out to dinner tonight or tomorrow night. Um, and let her choose. She is a woman after my own heart. Her favorite restaurant is Chili's. My favorite restaurant is Chili's. Um, she likes the pizza there. Kid food is gross. I do not like kid food. Like kid food at restaurants is just so subpar. Um, but yeah, so those are my updates. All right. So um, I will talk to you all next week. 
by the time you listen to the podcast, there will be a baby. Um, remember to watch after your kids, keep them safe in the water, stay away from blue swimsuits, um, teach your kids safety in the water. Remember, puddle jumpers are not safe. Um, just those friendly reminders. And then always, always, always make sure you like, su- subscribe, and follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And I will talk to you all next week. I love you all. Bye.